You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom Chavra, hope you're doing well. Welcome to all those joining us right here on Torah Anytime. You know, some things you never forget. It was this time of year, a couple years ago, uh, and somebody spoke by my Ofraf. And, you know, it, it used to, I feel like it used to be more of a fad, or like a cool thing where you make fun of the chassan. Um, You know, people still do it now a little bit, but I think a lot more of these Sheva Brachos, Ufraf type of speeches, and speeches in general, people are finding the value in lifting other people up and finding stories that bring out the traits and characteristics and positivity about a person and not um, and not the negative. Uh, anyways, to make a short story short, so I am a twin, happens to be, so it's very relevant, you know, the twin Parsha, Yaakov and Esau. The only problem is it's Yaakov and Esau. We're dealing with a tzaddik and a mega Russia, like the quintessential Russia, like the ancestor of Edom, like like the Russia of all Russias. So it was awkward when somebody got up to speak at my Ufraf and compared my twin to Yaakov and myself to Asaph. I've forgiven the guy since, but um, still I've been trying to prove myself ever since that I'm, I'm more the Yaakov type, um, as well as my brother. We're both Baruch Hashem, the Yaakov type. But so this is the Parsha they're fighting. The Yaakov and Asaph are born and they fight. By the way, um, I'd like to share with you uh, two Hassam Sofers. Number one, they're not really connected to each other, uh, besides for the fact that the Chassam Sofer says both of them. So the first one is just a fascinating gematria, numerical value in the Pesukim. You know, it says that, uh, Yitzchak prayed opposite his wife, and um, prayers actually work. They prayed opposite, opposite each other, Yitzchak and Rivka. Imagine that tefillah. Um, you know, can you imagine being there in that moment? They both were yearning and crying. You know what we have to do? There's a time that we talk to each other, and now's the time to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to talk to Hashem and plead and, and daven for each other. And they went to the opposite corner and davened, um, davened for each other. The Chassam Sover says, Yitzchak Rivka, Yitzchak Rivka, those two words is gematria 515. That's the gematria of tefillah. The same as gematria as va'eschanan, which is a reference to the 515 prayers, the 515 tefillos of Moshe Rabbeinu. We're in Urs Chassam, Sofer, page 146. <clears throat> it's known in the Kabbalistic books that Yitzchak and Rivka, who ikur soda tefillah, they are the essence, the secret, the sod of tefillah. Okay. That's beyond my pay grade. I don't know what that means. But it's interesting. Yitzchak Rivka's gematria tefillah. And he says, If you notice in Shochinad, you know, there's some bold letters. And you know, sometimes it changes on you, like depending on the year, like certain words are bold. I feel like during Shabbosim, it's certain letters. And during the Yom Noram, it's others. So he points out that it says, by right, but uh, it says, 
Yitzchak, Tisromam, Tisbarach, Tiskadesh, Tisalo, Osios, Rivka. So both Yitzchak and Rivka are alluded in this tefillah of by Shochinad, which is very interesting. Just an uh, just an interesting gematria. Fine. So uh, what I really wanted to share with you from the Chassam Sofer is on the pasuk that they were fighting, they were quarreling, not not Yitzchak and Rivka, but the birth of Yaakov and Esav. They were fighting as early as you can possibly fight, even before they were born. They were fighting in the fetus, as in the womb. It says habanim bekirba. They were quarreling. They were fighting inside of her. Yisrotetsu is Lashon of Ritza as well, to run. Rashi points out that this one would run. Yaakov would run when Rivka would pass by houses of uh, Torah study. That Yaakov would rot some of her. He would run and want to escape and make movements. And when she would pass by houses of idolatry, Esav would be rot. He would run and try to run out um, to go to that type of world. And then Rashi says, Davar Acher, it's interesting why it's a davar acher because it's very similar. You so, but Rashi says davar acher. Alternatively, misrotsim zemze. They were fighting. They were quarreling with one another. Why? They were fighting over the inheritance, the nachla of the two worlds. What are the two worlds? Olam haza, olam haba. So. You know, you you think, well, I don't understand. Says the Chassam Silver, I don't understand. What's the argument, right? Avram Yaakov Avinu was Ish Yoshev. He was an Ishtan Yoshev Ahalim. He was an Olam Habadikiyid. Esav was Yudeya Tzayid. He was involved in in the Gimel, uh, the the Yilai Rais Shichas Dalim of Adazar. Right? He was involved in the Olam Hazeh. So, what's the Machlok exactly? Exactly? What was the Mariva? Right? He says, uh, "Let them come in peace." Everybody has the right right thing. That exactly what they want. Yaakov has his thing. Esav has his thing. Yaakov has Olam Haba, and Esav has this world. Olam Hazeh. What's the Mariva? What's the argument? Says the Chassam Sofer something fundamental. Venera. De acharkach hisnachim Esav ba'atzmo. Esav understood that the lifestyle that he was living, Esav was jealous of Yaakov because he understood that Yaakov not only had Olam Haba, but Yaakov, through his lifestyle, had a better Olam Haza as well. And Esav realized this. You know, the mushal that the Chassam Sofer gives is, it's, it's very, it's, it was customary when somebody was destined and the king said, you're going to die. Their custom was before the death sentence, you know, a day before they would let the person, you know, fabring and eat, drink, whatever, whatever they want, right? So you can imagine a type of person, very nice, you can eat or drink whatever you want, He's not going to have an appetite. I mean, because he knows he's going to die. He know he knows he's just gonna he's just going to die. He, that's clouding. That's clouding his mind. He can't. Okay, who cares about this pizza, this hamburger? I, he he knows this is just not going anywhere. Contrast that to a person who currently, in the moment, has no food or drink, yet he knows he's about to win or he's about to receive a crazy inheritance. So. The fact that he doesn't have something right now, he doesn't have that food, he doesn't have that luxury right now, it's totally not a big deal. He's so involved and so excited about about what's to come. 
And Esav, the time of Esav, there was this battle between the two worlds because Esav realized that Yaakov Avinu doesn't only have Olam Hava, but he has Olam Haza as well because the lifestyle that Esav was living and the lifestyle that Esav was involved in was Mali Taiva, was just completely destined for nowhere. It was Tova Vo and it was destined for Gehenna. He was like that person who knew he knew he was going to die. He knew that his his life was going to <clears throat> lead to Gehenna. He was like that person who had this death sentence. And fine, he could enjoy whatever he wants right now. But it's not that enjoyment is not the same enjoyment when you know you're going to Gehenna. That enjoyment of Olam Haza is not the same as a person who knows that hey, I'm enjoying this world because this is a means for something bigger and be- bigger and better and broader and greater and more abundance of life and vitality. There's an Olam Haba as well and you could start to bring that Olam Haba into the Olam Haza. So there was this battle between the two worlds, you see, because and there was it, because Esav was jealous of Yaakov, the fact that Yaakov not only had Olam Haba, but that his Olam Haza, because he had Olam Haba, was a better Olam Haza than an Olam Haza that was directed just towards this world as an ends, which would ultimately lead, you know, to 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 Gehenna. And it's such a powerful idea because it shows us the power that we have to live with these two worlds in this world. And yes, we strive, and yes, we think about and dream, you know, about Olam Haba, but we can live an Olam Haba life here in Olam Haza, and Olam Haza will take on greater, a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of meaning, a greater sense of curiosity and wonder and character development. You know, I want to share with you um, a pasuk that stuck out to me as perhaps a lesson in Godless. It says, it says, and the man, reference to Yitzchak, the man became great. And he grew constantly greater until he had grown very great. So, you know, many people of the world think that Godless is something that you attain. It's it's a position of success that you attain. But the way the Torah is telling us, Torah is teaching us perhaps what godless is in this Pasak. Vayigdal Ha'ish, you know what the definition of a godless is? It's not attaining something. It's Vayilach Vigadal. It's being on a journey towards growth, of progressive, of being more, of of striving for more, of searching for more, of seeking for more, of being Mivakshe Hashem. It's the very journey itself that leads to greatness. It's not the attainment of success that equals greatness. It's the journey for life. It's the journey of growth itself that is the greatness. And Vayigdal Ha'ish, you know what greatness is for a person? It's when you're constantly growing and you're not complacent and you're tr- and you're tr- and you're striving for more and doing more so we can all find things in our life that we want to be more to be more productive at to be more active to play more of an active role in our in an active spiritual role to connect it to the physicality embrace that and to uplift the physicality to to be involved in olam haza and have the most amazing olam haza because we know that it's geared towards something. It's because we're doing it as Mivakshi Hashem, we're Avde Hashem. 
So, Kodesh Baruch should give us the strength to realize that, that we have it, we have what it takes, let's now take what we have and become the best that we can become. Thank you so much for tuning in, and Amir Tashem, we'll see you next time. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.